get notifications, and stay updated every time I post a challenge podcast by hitting the subscribe button. Thank you all, and hope you enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. And if you saw my Twitter the other day, you'll notice that I announced who my guest is at this time, Miss Jenny Delich. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for being here. Um, yeah, like I'm glad that I was able to get you on here because I noticed that you liked a few of the tweets um, on my thing announcing uh, that you're going to be coming on because it's crazy because we had this plan kind of set for like almost a month now. And then um, like I think it was last week, CBS All Access, that's kind of like a big thing now, just um, like put real world on the CBS for people to watch. So the timing was just like really like, <laughs> like I can't make it up. Like when I was looking at my schedule and then I saw like, obviously you were coming up and I check everyone saying that real world's on CBS. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> so I was like, I got, I got to announce her. And then, uh, yeah, so people were excited and I'm uh, glad you were able to join me. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be here. That's interesting news. I did not know about that. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, like it was crazy. Um, challenge and real world kind of like are somewhat like not viewable, I guess you could say, like on the everyday. Um, like you can see clips and stuff. So then when CBS went and did that, that was kind of like a big thing that everyone was excited about. So then um, I thought like the timing was just perfect. So we'll definitely uh, get into some of those points. But I kind of want to start by asking you kind of what I lean towards with my guests all the time because. This year has been crazy. I've talked about my year a couple times on here. I want to ask you now, how has this year kind of been like for you with the transition and everything? Well, it's interesting that you ask because, I mean, real estate, this has been my busiest year of my life. <laughs> the busiest year in real estate for me. I mean, we have historic interest, low interest rates, lower than they've ever been in history, right? So everybody's flocking to the droves. Plus, you see people that have been in quarantine who are realizing, you know what? This space doesn't work for me anymore. I need a bigger house. I need a smaller house. It's a, it's a BIT cleaning this house every day. You know, like this is too big, you know? So I see people coming to me from all different directions that they need to change. And I think that this quarantine has definitely implemented or, or brought that to light for them. And um, the inflow interest rates. And then also people have time to shop because people aren't doing anything else. So they're like, let's get on Zillow. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Get off Zillow. <laughs> it's like, uh, get with a realtor. Let's do this the right way because Zillow is so inaccurate. But like, we have some uh, uh, people that have just. I, I mean, I've been in real estate now. I was licensed since 2012, but I really started going after this. Uh, really, like for this is my fifth year, and it's just been the business has just been bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it's the biggest it's been. And uh, Brian's on board now. If you guys remember Brian, uh, we're working together. My mom's working with us too, so it's just kind of crazy. <laughs> um, kind of crazy. Yeah. So, how has this year kind of uh, shifted? Has it made things uh, harder, or like, has it changed anything for you with real estate, or is it pretty straightforward as how it's always been for you? It's been a bit busier. Like, it, like this year, like it was interesting. We were looking at the the data um, for the first two weeks of was it March or April? I can't remember. When the lockdown happened, you know, there was like no showings, right? And then it went, it, it, it actually, when we came back, like two weeks after that, when they started, when people started, I guess, being comfortable to show again, there was more showings than there was last year in 2019. So people were like, whoa, let's get on this now. And so it's made my life just extremely busy. 
as far as the lockdown, I mean, I live in Missouri, so we don't have such a strenuous lockdowns as I, I see on the coast and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, the gyms have been open here for quite a while. We were talking about that. Just like, it's not like a whole lot different, except that, you know, you wear masks, you go to stores, you, you know, um, Violet, she's five now. She just started kindergarten. So I'm like, oh my God, she's just my angel. She's changed my whole life. But um, yeah, she, she's been going to school this year. So there's been a lot of changes in 2020. Wow. Yeah, you were talking about um, things kind of being open for a while over there. I'm kind of jealous because um, obviously you being from Missouri, that you're a Chief fan, you guys have fans in your stadiums. Um, <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> Did you catch the game last night? So we're suffering from an internet outage, so I got to watch some of it on my phone. But um, Violet was a... Uh, you know, we had Violet here, so we were kind of like doing some things. So we, um, usually, usually one of our moms will watch her on Sundays when we get to like, kind of like watch the game, but, uh, being at, it was Monday night football. Um, I watched some of it, but not all of it, but, um, I heard, uh, Kelsey got some good runs in there. So yeah, yeah. they won. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm excited. I love the chiefs. Always love the chiefs. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it behind me or not. I have like a Seahawk flag. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing well right now. Who knows? Maybe that uh, we might end up playing you guys in the Super Bowl. That would be amazing. That you would. See, Chiefs haven't always been very good. You know, like if you're if you were born and raised in Kansas City like us, it's like you know, the Chiefs were like, you know, we were always we, we stuck it in there. We, we have the, the record for the loudest stadium like in the world or at least in the United States. Um, because we're just that crazy of sports people here in Kansas City. I mean, we love the Royals. We love the Chiefs. And we've always stuck in there for them. And look, back to back. Boom, boom. This is our year. Like, go KC. Like, this is amazing. Like, I was, I cried when I watched the, the, the um, when we watched the Royals lose um, their first time in the World Series. Or, like, not the first time, but, you know, like, two years we were in it back to back. The first year, I remember we were all in Westport and we're all, like, the last the last one, and then we, we lost, and I cried, and I was like, next year, next year, it's happening, next year for sure, and then next year, it happened, I was like, I told you guys, and it was like, whole city went crazy, I mean, it was a flood of, of blue, and a flood of red, I mean, it's just so cool in our city right now, so cool. I, I could imagine, I mean, you guys, this is like, what, they, I think it was like, First time in 50 years that you guys uh, made it to the Super Bowl, and then you guys win. And I was happy because uh, the 49ers are kind of a rival of mine, so I had a little bit of vested interest there. Hey, so you were on our side. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We I've, been, I've always kind of, like, had, like, um, not a soft spot, but I've, like, liked the Chiefs because, like, they're kind of easy to root for. You know what I mean? Like, right now, the way um, it's kind of looking, it's kind of looking like you guys maybe have some potential to be like what the Patriots have been for like the last like decade or so. But oh, I feel like Mahomes too. <laughs> yeah. you guys, I feel like are much more likable than the Patriots. So I think that's easy for you guys to, uh, to root for you guys. Well, it's like, it's probably that hometown feel, you know, it's like that we're the heart of the heart of America. So we're like people in the Midwest are kind of known for being just like kind of downhearted and like nice and stuff. And like we wave, you know, I mean, I was, I've been in New York. People wave, too. It's not like they don't wave in other parts of the world. Uh, I don't know why people will say that so much. But um, I think, like, yeah, maybe the Patriots got, like, you know, too big of heads and, like, kind of got fooled. And so I think that's going to happen with probably any team that wins consistently over the years. They just kind of get big egos. <laughs> <laughs> Better hope that doesn't happen to you guys. I hope not. I don't. I hope not. I would be ashamed. 
But yeah, now I kind of want to jump back onto real estate. Was this always kind of something that you had plans on doing or was this like spur in the moment? Well, it's interesting you ask that because um, my mom, now that she's in real estate, she's had her license for a long time. I always thought, you know, with my mom, she she's really good at interior design. And then my mom, she had dated a guy um, named Ray back when I was in high school. And he really, like every summer or like it was a couple years, but he had a lot of rental properties. And I was I thought, I thought that was really amazing because he had all this like free time free time you, you hire a property manager I know that now <laughs> um, but he had he had a lot of uh, time that he could that he could uh, uh, use to do whatever and I really liked that so I wanted to get into real estate for rental properties to flip properties but um, being that I have a somewhat of a sales background I thought that it would be best to start in the sales realm and marketing especially it's like one of my strong suits is marketing especially in the online digital world um, in fact last couple of years I was denounced denounced <laughs> Was announced the, the number one realtor on social media in Kansas City, and I'm really pretty excited about that because I, I put a lot out there online, Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. But if it's, if it's disconnected, most people start their home search online anyway. But um, eventually, the, the idea is to transition into flipping homes, um, having rental properties. But I'll always have my real estate license, and I'm always uh, I've become really good at it, so it's kind of been sticking for me. I've been really busy with that alone, so I'm trying to just uh, chase one chicken at a time. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I catch too many, I won't catch any. So I'm just focusing on that right now, and uh, I think I'm at this level this year where you know I'm I'm kind of branching out the business with uh, with Brian and my mom, and there will be um, some more opportunity for uh, kind of branching out on that next level of the business. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, I've got like um, people in my family, like my dad used to be kind of involved in that. Um, my cousins are involved in that. So I have like kind of like an inkling of a clue as to like what goes on. And I guess you could say in like the um, like the world of uh, realty, um, what, what kind of goes into it um, for you as like a realtor? Like how is that? How is the preparation and stuff like that? Well, no day is ever the same. So the preparation depends on the day. Um, like for example, this morning I set up a, um, I sent out a, a buyer agency agreement with a, a new, uh, actually it's a repeat client that I have. And then I, um, sent him an estimated worksheet that was just like breaking down all the fees into what he'll estimatedly net at the end of the sale. And then, um, set up a portal for someone basically I go into MLS and I scrub for properties and I set up a search for them and I'll like, I'll did know, like what's up with the didn't word today? All right on the map like where i want to send them listings at and we use technology first and foremost like and in, in, uh you know back then the mls didn't exist we had a book that would go around to each office that was like the old school way of doing things now we all kind of get the listings at the same time the realtors and the buyers it's kind of wild because now there's like i just sold a listing last week for thirty six thousand over asking price and that's not even that rare these days like 20 25 000 it's not uncommon um there would be like what like five to ten offers on a property within the first few days um people are flocking to kansas city because of all the um it's a cheap place to live still it's getting more and more and more expensive but you know they say it's like low crime it's like i'm not really allowed to say it's low crime but you can look up the statistics it's a great city to grow family it's one of the best so um in uh, and, and the areas around it and so forth so basically um kind of getting that uh, knowledge and 
giving that to your buyers, uh, like on a consultation, could be something a part of my day, going out and showings, I and mean, then I'll go show four or five properties, uh, go to a closing, go to an inspection, go to appraisal. I mean, it's so different every day. It's like, that's what I like, though. I don't like the monotony. I don't like to be in a, on a, on a, in a cubicle. I was at Citibank for four years right out of high school, and I was like, dude, I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so was that kind of, you just said about being in the city bank coming out of high school is that what you were kind of up to before going on to the real world yeah i was, um, I was a, a sales manager at Citibank um up here by the airport and um i would actually start off in outbound collection i call people that were behind on their bills <laughs> it was an awful job it was terrible <laughs> But um, on year one, I, I applied because you can't be promoted to manager until you're, you've been there a year. So on year one, I applied for the promotion. I got it. And so I was like the youngest sales manager in the whole site. Um, and I worked in sales after that because I was like, once the recession hit in 08 and 09 and they started doing all kinds of crazy stuff, I left because of ethical reasons. I mean, they were literally sending out letters to people saying, if you don't call and cancel your, your credit card, we're going to raise your rate to 29.99%. Wow. <laughs> Forever. And I'm like, holy shit. You know how many people are going to be pissed? And people were calling in going, I never got this letter. And then it drove my talk time up and bounced me out of the ranks for commission and all this other stuff. And I was like, you guys are terrible. I mean, this is a terrible organization. Sorry, but I was like, this is unethical to the max. I mean, this was 08, 09, you guys. You know, the banks. I mean, I was there. I was like, screw this. I was like, I'm going to go into, you know, real estate and other things. And I know my story's a little bit confusing because I sound like I'm all over the place and I am. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a lot of different things because I, um, I, I always, I was into, to be truthful, I was really into like modeling back in the day. Um, more like artistic style of modeling, not like the, not like the, um, some of the stuff that I was doing. And so I kind of switched gears so to speak, I wasn't like tall and real thin to be like a the certain type of model that I kind of wanted to do. Like not necessarily runway, but more of like artistic, glamour type of interesting, cool type of stuff. Like more of the artsy side of things. And um, anyway, um, I was just kind of on Facebook one day and there was like this thing that popped up and was like real world uh, auditions. I was like, what's this? And I clicked it and I was like, I was kind of in that mode back then where I was like just trying to make it out to LA. I was trying to do my thing and I was young and I was, had no idea what LA was really about, had no idea what Hollywood was really about, you know, didn't have any idea what reality TV was about either. I just was, I mean, honestly, I was just young and dumb. I was just like, I was like, I just want to get out here and just be on TV. Right. And boy, did I learn my lesson. Like I, I, I applied and then I could, honestly, Mike, I could have missed it. They sent me back a message. It was like, answer these five questions. Okay, who are you? And I'm like, uh, it was a bummer, you know? Yeah. Company. And I was like, okay, what's this? And then so it's like, I read it. And I was like, oh, this is for real world. Wow. I was like, I was kind of late on it. And I responded and I, I sent it back in. It took months and months and months. I had already moved out to LA. I was already trying to pursue modeling. Okay. And I was acting and all this other stuff. And, um, and then they were like, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna send a camera crew to your house, and we're gonna um, just this is all part of the audition. You don't have the you don't have the spot yet. We're just gonna send the camera crew. And I'm like okay, and I'm I'm like trying to maintain my job over here uh, at the casino. I was I was uh, doing um I was a uh, like a waitress like with cocktails and stuff like that. I was like real struggling waitress 
real struggling actress out here in LA. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. I could go into so many details about my life in LA, but it's just kind of crazy. Um, all the weird stuff. But anyway, I was like, well, let's just see what this is about. They came over with a camera crew and then they just surprised me and they were like, yeah, Call, they called me on the phone. Camera's right here. I'm in the car and they're like, yeah, you got the job or you, you're on the show. You got to leave in 24 hours. I was like, are you serious? I was like, I got a cat. I I have this lease, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta get my life together. I was so lucky that my friend who I was working with happened to take up my lease for me. I sublet my place to her, and I was like so grateful that she stepped in because otherwise I would have that would have dinged me on my credit. You know what I mean? So anyway, and then I my cat chief was actually gonna be like the first like cat on the real world. She was actually gonna come out with me. Wow, chief, my cat. But they were like, I think somebody had allergies. I think it was Tom. I can't remember who it was. But there was allergies, so then I had to send the cat. Chief couldn't be on the show. I was like, man, Chief is such a personality, too. She would have been, like, hissing at the corner, like, hit people. She's like, wow. She's a stray. She's not – she's she's scared of people. But she was – she also was, like, had this really, like, interesting – like, she'd, like, be on the floor, like, like look at me. being cute. Like, she's just a, a cute little kitty cat. She actually passed away a few months ago. I'm really sad. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Okay, she's very old. She is very old. She was like mm. probably like 23 years old. So wow, that's like 20 throughout. It's a long time. Old, old, old kitty cat. Wow. So yeah, what we saw—that's what we saw on TV, right? Like what you were just talking about you in your car, and then you like on the phone with them. That's like the clip they used, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. And then I, and then I. Um, and then I had to rush it to get everything together, went out there. And, um, I mean, it's a whirlwind, man. I mean, I had to tell my boss that I was up and leaving with, like, literally a 24-hour notice. He was pissed. <laughs> he was pissed. I didn't get – long story short, I did not get my job back when I came back from the show. <laughs> I was like – even though I was, like, I had some of the highest sales in that bitch. I mean, I sold probably more cars than a lot of the other girls did. I mean, I, I worked the room. Okay. Like I <laughs> but anyway, it's a corporate thing. It was, and actually he wasn't really that mad. Cause I told him, I, I gave him like, I was like, Hey, I'm in this casting process. I might have to leave at any time. I don't really know what to expect. And then actually the assistant manager, she goes, if I were you, I'd walk out here with my middle fingers up. Like, Damn. <laughs> okay. So, so you, so you'd say that this was um, kind of just like you saw it and then just decided to go out for it. It wasn't like something that you had a goal of getting onto TV, would you say? It wasn't that? Well, I'm, I wasn't a, I didn't see myself on reality TV. I didn't know that was going to happen. Let's say that. I was trying to pursue something involved with I just thought it would be fun to be like some of those characters that you would see on MTV or like some of the other like E or like some of those stuff they just seemed like they were always having fun didn't have any pressure in life they just lived it up all the time you know what I'm talking about what you see on TV right it it's it's yep. as a 31 year old woman I look at it now way differently and actually been there done that made the t-shirt sold the t-shirt type thing like I've, I've been there done that but, uh, I mean, literally made the t-shirts with the t-shirt. Um, it, it really humbled me and brought me so much understanding because I was just a part of this, 
society that we see now on Instagram, that we see now on, you know, they want to be Insta famous and they want to be YouTube stars and stuff like that. And, and I'll tell you, there is nothing wrong with being an Instagram star or a YouTube star because there's a lot of people out there that are spreading great messages. They're helping people. They're lifting people up. You know, there's great inter other great interviewers like yourself, you know, that are out there talking to people about real stuff. You know, people that people need to hear these things. Right. Um, but I learned about this whole part of society that uh, I know some people are going, duh. But for me, I, I, it really had to knock me on the head hard with like a big rock. You know, for me, I had to like get cracked open, like, well, really see it for what it was of just like. There's a lot of people out here, and I used to be one of them, that just really just wanted to be live an easy life and be famous. You know what I mean? And I'm not ashamed to say that. Like, that's okay. You know, there's a lot of people that feel that same way. But when it did, I, I guess it just gets, and honestly, nowadays, I feel like I just kind of want to just kind of like do my work. I want to um, get ahead in my career. Uh, and actually, that was what I uh, was um, aspiring to do before the real world, before I even moved out to California. Okay, I was like, I had my, I got my real estate license in 2012. So I had this kind of plan for a long time, but I knew, and actually I was sitting there in the bold class at Keller Williams, and there, there was a quote, and I'll quote it, it was, the pain that you get from discipline weighs ounces, yet the pain that you get from regret weighs tons. And I was sitting there going, oh my God, I had this opportunity to move out to California. This lady, she was like, come live with me for free in this $5 million mansion out in Orange County, down the street from Steve Carell. Like, come live with me, come live this life. And I'm like, let's do it, bitch. You know, like, yeah, like I'm 20, it's 20 something, my young 20, I'm like, let's do this. I go out there, um, find out there was like all these things hidden underneath the carpet, like not literally, but like, you know, like. Oh, I didn't know that was going on. Oh, I didn't know that was going on. Oh, I didn't know that was going on. And here comes the police and all sorts of stuff. I'm like, dude, this is insane. I got to get out of here. Like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> I mean, I lived this story to tell my grandkids for sure. Like, <laughs> stories that will just never test the time of day. But um, I don't remember where I was going with that, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was good stories came out of it. That's <laughs> I'm sure people watching this will get a kick out of it, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like, oh, you, yeah, you were asking me if I had mean, I meant to get on the real world. No, I didn't, but I'm glad that I did. I have no regrets. Like, like we're talking about the pain that you get from regret waste tons. I said, you know what? Let's just go. Let's do this. Let's see what it's about. It's a calling for me. And I was like, let's just go do this, you know? And if it, if I learn stuff, I learn stuff. That's what life's all about is about learning. If I don't learn something every day, I'm not living. So I'm like, let's just go do it, man. Fuck it. Let's go. So I did it. And I was like, after the fact, I was like, wow, I learned a lot. I watched myself on the show. I was like, huh, that's interesting. I learned a lot about myself. <laughs> and it honestly changed me a little bit. But then I became a mom, which changed me a whole lot more. And then I had to think about, I have, I have someone that I have to live for. I have someone that I have to, that's going to look up to me and emanate me, like to the T. And so I have to be the best role model that I can be. And I'm not ashamed of anything I necessarily did on the show. But there were some actions that I could, there's some interactions that I could have, done better right there's some things i could have done better um but that's life you know you live and you learn and i don't regret anything like i think that i'm if i hadn't gone and done that if i hadn't gone out and moved out out to la gone to these crazy hollywood parties and meet these dark souls <laughs> so I put it, like meet these incredibly dark souls and and they really get immersed and just like just like an artist would, just like an actress would, just like any kind of person who's wanting to immerse themselves into the culture of something. 
to really experience it full head on, blindedly, just experience it. And you do, and you get immersed and you learn. You Like it's in the flow state. You get into a flow state, you really just, and then you can come out of it and go, wow, I learned so much about that instead of being halfway in, halfway out like I was. And that's how I would have potentially grow, grown older. And to some of the people that I see today, they'd be like, oh, you know, if I was on that show, and they're like 45, and they're like, oh, if I was on that show, I would have done this and this and this. I'm like, you realize you're 45, right? Like, you're like, you're not on the show. Like, chill out. Like, I didn't want to be like that. And who knows how I would have been if I would have went on to my 30s and 40s and never experienced that. If you have an itch for something, I say figure that out. You know, go do it. Experience. Why do you feel like you need to go do this so bad? Go do it. Experience it. And hell, it may have been the best decision you ever made. You could stay there and do that for the rest of your life. You know, you don't know if you want to be a fashion designer. You don't know if you want to be a firefighter. You need to just go be with those people and, like, volunteer your time. Like, go do it. Be a part of it. If you want to be on reality TV, interview some people who have been on reality TV. You know? Talk to those people. In fact, when I, they were asking, they were asking twice to come back on the challenge. First time I was like, you know? And then when I found out the theme, I was like, hell no. Challenge of the X. Hell no. <laughs> I'm not trying to break out my family. What the hell? So, so, I mean, just like, I'm not into drama anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? And, like, I feel like reality TV, not all, but, like, some are, like, very, like, sick drama. Like, sick, like, they bank off of people's sickness. You know what I mean? Like, they make money off of it. And so, um, and, and they promote it in a way. They, they're promoting sickness. So it's like, I don't want to be in a, and, and I remember from my show, I mean, there was people being told to do certain things to instigate fights, you know? When I know, I'd look back and be like, well, that did not happen simultaneously. That was not happening at the same time. They, they stitched that together. That's not even how it went down, for real. And then I would also see, oh, now it makes sense. They were telling, you know, this girl to go do this consistently to piss me off. And it wasn't working. Shame. That sucks. You know, like, it's like there's certain things that I just wasn't, like, uh, either falling for or I really fall for. And it was all just a manipulative game. And, and, and to be uh, honestly, Mike, do you want to know the truth? I made less money on that show. And money's not everything. Okay? If you, if you really want to do something because you love to do it, the money should not matter at all. At all. But I made less money on that show than I made waiting, waiting tables. To be wow. true, <laughs> I made more money waiting for Packer Barrel when I was 18, 16, 17. I made more money when I was 17 than I did on the show. And that should tell you something. These people care about being famous and that's it. That's it. <laughs> you know, these, I asked this one girl on the second time, I was, I was like, should I do this challenge? Like, tell me. Like, I met up with, I even met up with Wes. Um, he lives here in Kansas City. Um, I talked to, um, uh, I'm going to forget her name, shame on me, uh, I can't remember her name, but she's on the show a lot, and I asked her, not a whole lot, I think she's on the show a lot, and she was like, I was like, tell me, what's your experience with this? Because like I say, you need to act, talk to people who have done it, you know, to really know what you're getting yourself into, and they were like, well, she used this metaphor, she told me, I can't remember exact, exactly how it put it, but it really sunk in deep for me, she goes, well, if you're okay with you know, uh, going back and forth to be a like a uh, a manager at a shoe store. Nothing wrong with being a manager at a shoe store. I didn't understand really what she was saying, but she was talking 
basically what she was saying was you can't be taken seriously outside of the show, like in your real life. And I was like, dude, I already know why that is. I was like, I don't want any more of that. Like when you go try to apply at a serious corporation, first thing they do is Google you. And then depending on whatever fight you got in the show or whoever you had sex with or something crazy, they're going to know right away because that's like what you were known for in the show. So it's like good luck having any kind of real job, any kind of real anything outside of this. The people who make this a whole career and go back and back and back and maybe they win the money eventually. And that's great. But I think they tax you like 50% on that shit. I think it's like a heavy tax. It's like a gift tax. Yeah, the 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 prize money they um they tax out. Like I remember the one story that was told on here. Um, like um, this is like going back a ways. This is probably like around 2008. Um, they had a one season where it was like an individual type of thing, but there was three finalists and they had made like a pact like to let the one guy win because he was from Canada. Go collect the paycheck with no taxes and then split it amongst the three. Yeah. That's smart. That's so smart. Wow. <laughs> That's that's smart. I like that strategical thinking. But I feel like that's all this show is like kind of like what it's all about. It's like who knows who and like, you know, who <laughs> cuts to cut what deals and like all that stuff. Definitely. It is definitely a a place where you definitely have to lean on each other. You know, you have teammates, you know, you want to be strategic in your approach. I've seen some people kind of do people dirty, you know, because of the money. I I wouldn't want to be in a circumstance where I had to, um, you know, someone who I thought was my friend to betray me over money or be in the other position or even to be tempted with it. It just seems so, I don't know. I do like the whole idea of a game. And that was what drew me into this in the beginning. Like, I was like, oh, because I used to watch the challenge when I was like younger. And I always thought it was cool because I was like, oh, I'm really athletic. I'd go on there and whoop somebody's ass. You know, like I had this mentality. Like, I'd go on there and just kill it, dude. I would just, and I'd be so smart. I'd know when to shut my mouth and when not to and all this other stuff. And I, I would say all those things, you know. Um, and I still think that I don't have any doubts whether I'd be good or not. Uh, I think I'd be, I think anyone's as good as they want to be at anything. It's kind of how I feel. You can be as good as you want at anything you want to do, be good at. Um, so um, I think that. I like the idea of, of a challenge or like, a, you know, a competitive environment. And I feel like, shit, real estate's challenging enough, dude. <laughs> it's a challenge itself. We have 10,000 realtors in Kansas City. 10,000. <laughs> Go get your business. Go get your listings. <laughs> it's cutthroat, man. It's hard. You hit it right on the head with the whole concept of the game because that's something that, like, that's the reason why I kind of still tune in. Like, like, I'm not really, like, so to speak, like, into, like, the whole, like, how everything works with, like, the producers and how they twist certain ways. Like, I just can't stand that shit. Like, I'm not about the fakeness about the show. I'm not about, like, the clout chasing. That's not really. But I do like the show in the sense of the competition. And, yeah. like, because, like, you can, you can play sports for only so long, like. I played sports pretty much my whole life. Now we got a pandemic going on and you get that itch to like do something competitively. And then I think throwing in the whole like political aspect and the mental thing is also like really intriguing too. And then like here and there, I'll see people at me on Twitter telling me like, oh, you're going to get on this one day. You keep playing your cards, right? And it's like, 
there's that part of me that wants to, but like I have um, like with what I'm doing right now, and I always say this a lot on here is I think that kids or just people in general, young people who maybe don't know what they want to do yet, or they kind of have an idea of what they want to do, but are not sure if they should go after it. I say like more people should like be encouraged and just go after what yeah. they want in life because what's the worst that could happen? No, or you just don't get it. You just keep trying and keep trying and find something else. And I think that that's like the true beauty of life is like maybe finding something that you don't really envision yourself doing or didn't expect yourself to like take a liking to and then seeing it kind of snowball. And that's kind of like even with this podcast too, like I'm trying to, I want to be kind of like a commentator. That's what I want to do, truthfully. Like, what kind of commentator? Like, a sports commentator, like, analyst. That's kind of, like, what I'm doing. Like, um, I go to, like, the school that's, like, the second largest school, I think, in New Jersey. And they're known for, like, their communication program. So that's kind of, like, what I'm doing. And um, I don't know if you remember him. One of the guys that was on the challenge, Kenny, like, a few years ago. Um, he actually went to the same school as me and he was like one of like, yeah, so that's kind of like what I'm leaning towards right now. That's cool. There's a lot of people who've made great success. Like Jamie Chung is one of the most, the one that I know of the most, who's made a lot of success out of her career. I think that as, as long as like, I'd say if, if, if anyone listening wants to go on the chat on the, on the real world or the challenge or whatever, and any kind of reality show, just be very careful with what you say and what you do. That's all. <laughs> it will be used against you for the rest of your life because it never goes away. Because it'll 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 show up on internet memes. It'll show up on, you know, gifts. It'll show up on, you know, Google searches. Like it'll be there forever. And um, and again, I say I'm not ashamed of anything that I've done. But just I know some people. Uh, I know probably certain corporations may not hire me uh, today. Um, but. I've made a pretty deep mark in real estate here in my city. So I feel like I, I have to really show a lot of professionality since then. You know, that's just what you do when you're 30. You just turn into a professional asshole. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. A professional asshole. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a professional asshole. Well, it's just like life, you know, it's interesting. How old are you? Uh, 20. If you don't mind me asking, sorry. You don't seem 20. You seem older than 20. You seem, you that's, seem, that's what everybody says. <laughs> yeah, you don't seem 20. So, um, I just know I was a lot different when I was 21 versus 31, you know, and every, why wouldn't you be? Everyone is going to be right. I mean, everyone's going to change throughout their lives. Um, no, but I think that that's so cool. Um, what you said about just going after it and just doing what you want to do, like nothing should hold you back in this world. Nothing should like, and even if, we're all going to learn lessons and make mistakes and learn from things. I mean, you can't go the rest of your life without making a mistake and you can't go the rest of your life without learning anything. So I, I say, you know, whatever it is you want to do, no matter what it is, as long as you're not harming other people, then that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think you said it before about um, kind of like what you do, like always like sticks to you and like it's almost like it, you're it's like a plague like you know what I mean like later in life like you could be doing like something totally unrelated maybe haven't been on a show for like nine years maybe and then like something will still like come up like when you search it up and it's just like <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, I'm telling you what, like, who knows when anything will, the internet, if it crashes one day or whatever, but I, as I've gotten older, there's a part of me that would just love to have, like, a cabin in the deep woods in, like, Colorado, like, in the mountains, okay? I go skiing, I go snowboarding, I go mountain biking, I do me, and no fucking internet, no phone, none of that shit. I'm just, like, I just want to detach because, well, like this whole, when you said, you said clout chasing, you know, you're not, you're not into that. And I think that I'm so glad that you said that because a lot of people are still into that. Um, and they're like, oh, <clears throat> like if they see someone do something within, people can, people can change what they want to do in their life. You know, like if they feel like, and I haven't had any flack for this whatsoever, but I hear people talk about other people like this when it comes to artists, like, oh, they made that song a long time ago. We've never seen them since. They, you know, whatever. And I'm like, dude, maybe they had kids and they felt like their kids were more important than, than this, uh, the limelight, you know? Or maybe they they found a different career that they fell in love with. And they, it's like, who are you <laughs> to tell <laughs> to tell other people how successful other people are? Like, like, if I want to make more money, have more freedom and more peace within another career, then that's, like, totally my prerogative, and that's totally their prerogative, and people shift in life. That's just a part of it. I think it'd be cool to, have, like, have, like, a, like a um, to be able to detach from all of this sometimes because there's just so much to keep up with and so much uh, just... I had to actually create a whole new Instagram, okay, a whole new account, and I only followed, like, super positive accounts, super, uh, like, really niche accounts that are into, like, things that I'm interested in, you know, whether it be philosophy, theology, or uh, ast astrology, or astrotheology, or you know, whatever, like, I was, like, only following these accounts, like, I didn't want to hear no bullshit, <laughs> no drama, no bullshit, just straight factual, fun, informational shit on my newsfeed. And I've received a lot of solos from that. Like I've received a lot of like, I don't know if you guys ever experienced this when you go through your timeline and sorry to say, I, I know people have issues and they want to talk about it on Facebook and everything. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But did, I don't know if you, and maybe you guys can comment if you agree. Um, do you ever just go through your timeline and just feel drained afterwards? You're just like, like, you either feel like you're comparing yourself to all these other people, you feel lesser than, or you feel drained by everybody's negativity, or everybody's drama, or, you know, everyone's ads. It's like, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I, like, log out of my um, Twitter after I, like, post something. Or just, like, I, I just, like, after I, like, kind of say if I post something, like, related to, obviously, like, promotion or whatever, like... I, um, I'll log out and I will not log back in until like maybe the next morning, see like, oh, if I got notifications and then boop, same thing. Like that's how I roll pretty much on social media. That's cool. Yeah. You got to take breaks. Like social media is, is necessary. It's important. I'm not saying there's anything on social media. We need to have them. I mean, shoot my, my designation of the, on social media, I, I can't be anti-social media and I don't want to be anti-social media, but I think that people, there has to be a balance and there's a balance with everything. Like, everything you do, there needs to be a balance. Homeostasis is, like, the number one rule of nature. Like, we're all trying to achieve that meshing of the black and white, of that gray. And um, 
Yeah, I think it, uh, if, if you find yourself scrolling on Instagram for 15 hours a day seeking approval from strangers, then you may have a problem and you may want to throw that bitch in the trash <laughs> and go on a vacation. <laughs> go on a fork trip, go to the mountains, do something, breathe. Like, like, and I'll not, I'll, I'll get sucked in too, man. I'm not, I'm not perfect. Like I'll get unnoticed too. And I'm like, Oh, it's time for a break. You know what I mean? <laughs> time for a break. Definitely. You said it uh, better than I probably could. So thanks for that. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I kind of want to ask now, since, I mean, you talked about you getting called and not doing the challenge. Was that kind of the same reasoning as to why we didn't, maybe didn't see Brian because Brian's someone who um, many people thought we would see on the show and they thought he'd be good for it. Did he like want to go on? Cause I think he raised his hand at the reunion, right? When they, when they think they, at the end, they asked like, Oh, who, who of you guys want to go to the challenge? Yeah, I think, I think he was really turned off when we found out the first challenge was going to be battle of the exes because we all know how that would have played out. Right. I mean, Brian and I were still together, so it wouldn't be him and I as exes. It would have been me and what's his name. So it's like, it's it's not something I want to really be involved with. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know. I think like, like well, they're definitely trying to separate us and definitely trying to tear us apart. Like, I mean, it's blatant as hell, like right now. And plus I had had my daughter, you know. So I was just like, you know what? Uh, all, all this for like a thousand dollars and a chance to win. It's like, I'll, just, I'll go make a six, seven thousand dollar check selling a house like right now. And I don't, how about we just don't even fuck with it? <laughs> how about I just, yeah. and I, so, I don't know. I'm like, I, I, it, it honestly, and I say it again, like I say it again, it's not about the money because it's never about the money. If it was about the money, we would all be living in the cheapest house. We would all be going to the cheapest schools. We would all be wearing the cheapest clothes. It's not about the money. It's about the value proposition. What's there that I can get for this money? And what was there was not worth the thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I would normally agree with you, but on this next topic I'm going to bring up to you now is kind of uh, right. involving one one of your roommates who were where money kind of mattered in this situation. She, who's she now kind of goes by uh, a little bit oh, of a moniker. That, or whatever it is, the millionaire Ashley. Yeah, the millionaire Mitchell. Yeah, one of your roommates who uh, we didn't we didn't really see her a whole ton because I think she left like episode three of your Real World, which is crazy to think how she went from that to going on to win a couple seasons and then had like the highest money winning in the history of the show up until this past season. That's so, crazy. Yeah. What 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 did you think about um, Ashley stealing the money? It was a million dollars, by the way. Okay, so I don't know the perspective. <laughs> you'll have to elaborate a little bit about the story. All I know is that it was down to like her and somebody else, and she got to choose, right? Or like whether they kept the money or she kept the money, or what was it? Well, they they were partners, so it was like a paired paired up season, and um, they were like exes, I think. Like they were like that was like their storyline as to why they were partners because I think the season was called Final Reckoning so you were either paired up with someone you were an ex with or you were like in a fight with it was either a rival or an ex so in this case it was like her ex I think and then they ended up winning and then um, she had the choice whether or not to split like million 
in half between the two or keep it all for herself. And then she ended up uh, keeping it for herself. <clears throat> well, damn. Well, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> of uh, What do I think about that? See, this is what I would not want to be put in that position. <laughs> like, I would not I want to be put in that position. Like, that's terrible. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel bad for him, right? I mean, that's that sucks. Uh, I do believe that karma is a real thing, though. I do believe that. I don't know. Maybe he deserved it. I don't know. The, I don't know the whole backstory, really. Well, no. Like, a lot of people think that he deserved it because, like, okay. I think it was, like, when they first came in um, to that season, they got brought in, like, midway through the season, I think, because um, they did, like, this little twist called, like, Mercenaries where they had, like, an elimination set up already, but then, like, the host, TJ, would be like, oh, well, you're not going against them. These people are actually who you're going against. And then she came uh, walking in with her partner. Um, and then I think, like, he made comments or whatever saying, like, um, oh, if this, like, slut cost me half a million dollars, I'm going to come for her family. That's what the soundbite was. That's what he said, yeah. And that's, like, I think the reasoning that she used to steal the money. Oh, wow. So now he's going to come after her family? <laughs> I mean, that was, like, a few years ago, but that's what he said. It's well, damn, that's a lot of, that's, that's but, terrible. But, that, but yeah, but that's what he said before she stole it. Like he was like, if she cost me this game, like I'm coming for her family. Okay. Well then, yeah, I would probably take the money and use that for legal protection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That's scary, dude. That's terrible. Are you surprised to see like what she's been able to do and kind of become like a fixture point in the show, seeing as like how it kind of played out in your season? I mean, I know you guys were cool. Like you were one of the yeah. only two people that voted to keep her. Yeah, no, Ashley was my friend. Like, and she still, I would still consider her my friend. Like, um, Ashley had a, you know, she's, she's a little bit of a complicated soul, if you will. Like she com complexities, but, um, I always thought, you know, her and I always got along really well. And, um, I think it's, I think it's, I, she's, I feel like she's kind of perfect for the show, you know, like she's kind of perfect for it. So I, I could see that happening. Like when she, when she left, I was like, oh shit, like this girl is like, this is what, this is what the show like needs. It was like her, like she's <clears throat> kind of that um, all out brash, just kind of do whatever it takes, uh, competitive as hell. She's athletic. She's gorgeous. She has so many things going for her, right? Like, it's, I, I just wish the best for her. Like, I just want anyone and everyone to be their best selves and to live their best lives um, and uh, just find happiness and peace. I just hope that she's happy. She's, I hope that she's happy along with being rich, you know? Like, I just hope that she's happy as well. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I really hope that she's happy. I actually need to call her. I need to see how she's doing. I need to see that she's doing okay. Um, I've met a lot of really, really wealthy people in my life. And there's nothing wrong with money by any means of the sort. Like money can, money can bring you a lot of peace and serenity in itself. I mean, when you don't have money, it's hard to sell, right? But um, sometimes 
but kind of what I see with like lottery winners and stuff like that when they make money so quick, so fast. Um, sometimes there's mental um, struggles that come with that. But uh, and I, I knew Ashley before she was on the show, but I, and I don't I don't assume or insinuate anything. Like I should really call her and talk to her and see how she's doing because I hope she's doing good. Mm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people watching would like to see that too because uh, you guys seem to be like kind of like the two uh, fan favorites of that season. <laughs> Not just saying that because you're on here, but like when I said when I said on Twitter that you're uh, going to be a guest, people were like so excited, and um, Ash is a fan favorite, so. Cool. Yeah. No, I, I do. I do appreciate that. I think that um, Ashley and I had a lot of fun on that show. We had a lot of fun. She was like, she, her and I, like there was times on the show that I don't even know that they showed, but there was times on the show like, so where, when Ashley left, like everybody hated me <laughs> for whatever reason. Like I was kind of outcasted in a way. Um, it's interesting how they didn't show very much of that, but it's fine. Cause I, it's probably better off. But, uh, there was times where I really wanted to leave myself. I really wanted to go home. I was like, fuck this. I need to go. Like, <clears throat> but I didn't. I stuck it in there, but I just, uh, without Ashley there, it was not as fun. <laughs> it was really fun with Ashley. When she left, I was like, man, didn't, didn't have as much of incentive. <laughs> she was a lot of fun. Yeah, and Jenna's another one, too, that's actually gone on to, uh, believe it or not, go on to, she made it to, like, three finals, I think it was, and she was just kind of brought on for Jay, so it's kind of crazy how that happened, right? Yeah, yeah, wait, she was brought on with Jay? Like, on your, on your show, yeah, like, she was Jay's ex, like, Jay was the original cast member, and then when they did their first show, it was the ex's show, obviously, and then Jay ends up never coming back again after that. And then she goes and does seven seasons. So, and now she's kind of like a main fixture point as well. Yeah, I see that she's been doing really well. I, I, we're friends on Instagram and I see her posts about, like, I'm so happy for her and her relationship. She seems to be really doing well and happy. And she seems, she seems fulfilled and whole. So I'm really excited for her, truly. Mm. Right, right. But um, I want to get, like, your thoughts on this kind of perspective that I ask like, a lot of my guests and a lot of the fans also like to hear these perspectives. I know you didn't do a challenge, per se, yourself, but the way now the last couple of years they've been pulling from, like, other maybe, like, honestly, to tell you the truth, as um they've been kind of the criteria they've been kind of pulling like ig models and like people with like a certain amount of instagram followers onto their show because they kind of did away with the real world so they've been pulling from like like the uk um x on the beach survivor like even Insta like they've been pulling from like netflix and instagram so what is your thoughts on them kind of pulling from like those other shows well i think it takes away from the tradition the uh the whole um principle beyond besides the you know people were on the show the challenge or the the real world and road rules and that was kind of your prerequisite to get into the the challenges i think that um i mean you know if it makes for good tv i guess uh those people maybe they the people were kind of not wanting to go back or maybe they were um i know that they were like right before our season they were struggling with their ratings um, that's why they did something different with our season. And then they kind of did that switch up after our season. And then did they stop making the real world? So the way it happened was like um, after you guys, they had 
three more like actual seasons what they did like similar twists to where like the one after you guys was kind of good but then the last two like they like it, it didn't end up like going too well so they kind of did away with it back in 2016 i want to say but then they brought back um like the real world in 2018 or 19 but it was just exclusively on facebook watch which is really weird to me and <laughs> then it just yeah and like none of those people have made it onto the challenge or anything they've it's pretty much like forgotten so yeah <laughs> wow that's interesting i do i do like the idea of the traditional sense of the them going to the show and then that way you kind of got to know the character the person and then you go to the you know the arena if you will the, the roman arena like you know you, you made your your passage your rite of passage past the you know you've made it through this, the show um I've seen some people talk on Twitter about how they feel about it. I don't think a lot of people are liking the idea of bringing in random people from other shows. I've heard a lot of people um, talk talk against that and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, I, I like the traditionality of it, like of how it was. No, I, I agree with you, but there's like probably only one positive that can come out of this is if they're pulling random people, I might have a shot. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly, exactly. I mean, I think so, too. Like, um, uh, if you – shoot, how do you even apply anymore? Or do they do they just select they people? Just, they probably just contact you, to be honest with you, because with wow. some of the people they're pulling off of Instagram, I'm sure they, like – yeah, I'm pretty sure now they even, like, go as far as to DM people. I'm pretty sure. Wow. That is interesting. Because there's no applications anymore since real world and road rules are gone. So, yeah, it has to be that. Wow. That is interesting. So, yeah, you, you, you uh, I think, you know, whatever you're meant to do, that'll happen, you know. And I, <laughs> I do believe in the, the, the law of attraction and the, um, the power of positive affirmations and stuff like that. I was, I was utilizing that in when, when I was at casting. I was visualizing myself. I was visualizing the the set. I was it was kind of similar. It's kind of weird. Um, I was visualizing kind of what it would be like waking up and going to bed, miking up and miking down, and all this other stuff, and just kind of putting myself visually there. Because <clears throat> I do really believe in that. You, your your mind creates your reality, literally. Like you your. Uh, sorry, I almost went off into a crazy deep end there. Um, <laughs> I almost said something really crazy. Uh, basically, uh, yeah, your mind creates your reality. So if you visualize yourself on the show and you visualize yourself, like, in the interactions you'll have, I'm sure it will happen for you. That's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, now I kind of want to ask you about your YouTube now. So <laughs> kind of a, a video that I um, found interesting on your YouTube was kind of like your paranormal activity experience, um, searching for ghosts. Is that something that, like, you kind of, um, like, believe in ghosts and stuff like that yeah big time like and it's not really like i believed it until i like saw it i saw it and then i believed it because my mom just happens to be this type of personality or carry the certain energy that really like bring ghosts out for whatever reason like when we go to haunted places we get all kinds of activity it's wild like she she had her keys taken out of her pocket one time we're at the the odd fellows winery which is over here in liberty i mean it was wild like we had to like breaking her car from the trunk. It was all crazy. Um, like, 
we went in the Patterson Museum, which I recorded, that's on the YouTube channel um, on my, uh, the, in Smithville. That was the most intense. Like, literally, like, I've been waiting for some, like, eerie, like, like, horror movie moment. I walked into the room that was, like, the the museum room where actually Mr. Patterson lived, like resided in that room. It was like his bedroom. And I walked in there and I was like, was trying to get some activity. Nothing was really happening. I walked back out to grab this little like EMF detector, which is an electromagnetic field. It detects those. I grabbed it. And I walked back into the room. By the way, I used to be a big fan of ghost adventures. I was watching them all the time. So I was like, I know these terms is from watching the show. Um, I walked in there and I saw this porcelain doll standing on top of the, the, the like big curio cabinet, the thing just went knocked over like that. Right. When I walked in, I was like, Holy shit. There was like a million things in this room, but this one porcelain doll, I walked in, I looked, I looked right out there and I was like, I started talking and all of a sudden it just went, I was like, no way. I just stopped. I was recording the whole thing and like nothing was really happening. Right. But actually things were happening because when I went back and reviewed the footage, because a lot of times you'll capture voices on your phone that you're not really hearing in person. Um, same thing with orbs. But um, I went back and I listened to it and it was a full on conversation with a spirit. Like it was like I was using one of those spirit boxes that would scan through um, radio, radio channels, like just like really fast. There was a couple of them that was like I could tell was like a radio thing and I, I put like a question mark on it like is this a ghost or is this like the radio speaking but there was some and most of them were clear as day no question about it I mean you could hear me hear it go through several channels and the whole word was like going through several channels that's how you know it's not just some radio that's like, it's like all at last be like no you're both so like that's all you'll hear like in that part but it was like I am shared vibrations like I asked are you are you got or male or female I'm like I am neither I am shared vibrations I was like, dang, like anyone who's into this stuff would, this is like the biggest geeking moment ever because I've always wondered, anytime you ask a ghost, like what, what, what age or what um, year it is or like how you die, they get kind of frustrated when you ask those questions. It's really weird. Like they'll, they'll get into like all that stuff. Um, but uh, lately I've been uh, doing Bible study too, which did, like this year 2020 has gotten me a lot closer to God. And I feel like with all this, I'm learning things about the paranormal that I didn't learn about before, that I didn't understand before. So I'm kind of getting this year, it's just incredible for a lot of people I know. But this year has just brought in so much wisdom and knowledge to me, like from all sorts of the places. Like, you know, the, the girl that's really helping me break down and understand the Bible to... Um, my spiritual friends that are helping me understand the universe to, I mean, it's like very interesting stuff. Like what is these ghost things? I've always just been fascinated. If you came across a ghost, wouldn't you for us, your life be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Have you seen ghosts? Have I? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> if you ever see one, you should go on like a paranormal investigation. Um, or maybe you should, I don't know. I won't tell you what to do. <laughs> um, I, I I've always found it very interesting. No, yeah, I've, I've been interested in it as well. Like, scary things in general just kind of, like, pique my, um, like, my interest. Um, I've tried, like, a Ouija board before, <laughs> and it was, like, crazy because, like, when I was doing it, um, like, we had the lights off, and um, I think, like, I was at my friend's house, and then 
his like either washing machine or dryer like made like a buzz and like went off and there was nothing in it yeah that was like the one maybe experience but I have like more of a funny story um from back when I was in like high school um involving like there's no ghosts involved like it was like it, it was like a thing at the time there was like an app that was like would show you like where ghosts were and stuff and like you would kind of just follow it around and stuff and so like me and my friends kind of like had the app downloaded and we're just kind of like you know it's like kind of truth like half truth like we were like oh let's see if this actually works but at the same time we're thinking like oh this is just like probably just some money maker that like apple's throwing at us um we're just like roaming through the halls you know school and like the middle school is connected to the high school um where i went so that way um like the middle school kids were like i guess like kind of like bystanders to like what was going on so they would hear like us saying like oh like i think ghosts are this way so that <laughs> so that like our gym the janitor was in there right like cleaning up and then we were like oh there and then we were like oh they're saying that there's ghosts in here and then like we just kind of left but we didn't know like there was anything in there so then i think they saw like the shadow of the janitor like walking in the gym and then the like a basketball bouncing so then they start screaming and running down the hallways and then teachers come running out like what's going on and they thought yeah they thought there was a ghost in the gym Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely something going on to that. There's definitely some weird shit. Like, um, we, we investigated the Savoy hotel down, down, uh, downtown Kansas City. It's actually one of the oldest hotels in the United States or maybe, uh, maybe to the uh, west of the west of the St. Louis arch or something like that. And, um, there was, we asked, we said, um, there was a lady named Betsy who had died on the third floor there uh, in the bathtub. And we were like, hey, you know, Betsy, is this, um, did you die here or is that just a rumor? And then as soon as we said that there was this orb that like manifested in frame, like you kind of decipher whether it's a, a bug or a piece of dust or an actual orb by its behavior characteristics and how it comes and goes. Well, we see this orb literally manifest in frame. It didn't enter in frame, it manifested in frame and then it like literally went like this, and then it just like left. It was really bizarre. And when we were, when we were leaving, this is also a video I have on my YouTube channel too. Um, the haunted Savoy. It was, it's called like real ghosts captured um, uh, Savoy, uh, Kansas City, something like that. And when we were leaving, I kid you not, guys. I I I, I can't make this up. I can't put this in here. This is real shit. I was leaving, and there was like this 1920s like lobby. This building was built like in the early 19. 19- 10s or 20s and there was um this like this like 1920s music playing all of a sudden as we were trying to get out the door you hear this blood curdling scream you guys probably think i'm nuts as hell but i'm not kidding you i did not add that in there i know or whatever i need to do to like promise you i didn't uh add it anything that scream i mean Anyone who's into that, go. you should watch that video. It will blow your mind because I didn't add it in there. And what is this blood curling scream happening and doing as we're trying to leave this building in the middle of the night? Like, what is this? And we heard it ourselves. We're like, what was that? And she was like, that was a scream. We got to get out of here. And I was like, she said it in this really calm, calm way. I'm like, did you hear that? Like, what was that? Like, that was crazy. So I, I, 
the stories that I have are just kind of unbelievable. A little bit unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> I didn't edit it. It's there. It's, it's messed up. Messed up. I promise I'll never touch or edit a ghost video in my life. I'll put that on everything because I want to make more as I get older and I already have some. So I just want to put that out there because I know some people are very skeptical and be like, oh, there's no way. But like, dude, whatever I got to do to prove that that was not a lie. Like that, that really happened. What the fuck? <laughs> That's great. I'll link that in the description when this is up that, to the video. Yeah, you guys check that out. It's messed up. Scared. <laughs> but now something I kind of want to talk about, which is like a big thing for me as well. Um, I noticed and I really enjoyed your mental health video. Could you maybe shed some light or talk to the audience now about like maybe how you cope with like your like mental health and some tactics to kind of like de-stress and stuff like that well um so like i was prescribed some pharmaceutical medications like and when as a young child uh, ritalin when i was younger as i was diagnosed with adhd as a young child and then i had gone on and off of it um in grade school and then when i got into high school i started uh, college i started taking adderall i was take, i took it for 10 years I never took it more than I was prescribed. I never abused it. I actually would always take less than I was prescribed because I always came back to the doctor with like, I never, I always had like enough. I always had like another re prescription I had to refill by the time I went to the doctor. Like I was never out. <clears throat> so just to clear the air on that. But um, one pill led to another pill led to another pill. I think you guys understand that medical terrorism is what people are referring to it as is like you get prescribed one pill for one ailment and it leads to side effects which leads to another. It caused a girl out of great anxiety for me. So then I was prescribed Xanax. And then from there, they want to put me on some, because of all the ups and downs, you know, like one's an upper, one's a downer, like take a pill to go up, take a pill to go down. And now you're all, your equilibrium is all fucked and you're like, you can't even like really have any balance or sense of, you know, cohesion there. So then they're like, oh, you need this, uh, bipolar or this like uh, antidepressant shit and I'm like dude how many pills do you want to get me on like you know what I mean like this is not right like this is not it's not the healthy way of living so it kind of divulges me into this whole um, research about the pharmaceutical industry and um, there's a lot of there's some great uh, documentaries on even Netflix of all places um, and, and a lot of places you'll see online like um, a lot of great now that I'm talking about it, I can't think of the, the prescription, the, the ones, but there's some great ones out there. If you just type up like pharmaceutical documentary, you'll find some and uh, you'll learn about the ins and outs of this, the industry that's it's designed to keep you sick. It's not designed to make you better. Um, anything that you're going to be taking for the rest of your life. Um, doctors are not actually first and foremost, medical doctors only are given very, very, very little nutritional and prevention uh, teachings. Like, I, I got this book called The Ultimate Guide to Intermittent Fasting that I want to kind of get into. I haven't finished reading the book yet. But in one of the first chapters, Dr. Jason Fung, he says that in his medical, he was, he's a medical doctor, he had only six hours of lecture on nutrition. Six hours. That's it. But they teach you, it's medical doctors, medicine. They teach you about medicine. They don't teach you about holistic health and all this other stuff. So I had to kind of change my whole understanding of health, like, upside down. Instead of like listening to your medical doctor, listening to your body, listening to your, being connected with your higher self is a big deal. Whoever that is, whatever religion you are, that's great. You know what I mean? Awesome. 
finding some a, a power that's more higher and greater than yourself that you can connect to is going to give you access to unlimited amounts of wisdom and health and intuition into intuition you know you're going inwards to connect with your higher power so and that's a big part of mental health and that's a big piece that's missing from your medical doctor if you go to your medical doctor and you're like you know what doc i got this and this and this going on how often do they go okay how often are you meditating how often are what is your diet like um you know what, what are you doing are you how often do you spin on this phone how often do you scroll through your feed how often do you you know, like they don't ask you any lifestyle questions, right? And so um, I think that it's important to kind of assess and maybe even have a journal of what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis and kind of get an understanding of what your routines are like and your habits and then what that can equate to. Like, I just think that like I, I started and I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't tell you what you, what to do, but I weaned myself off of the medication. And what that involved was I just poured a little bit out of those capsules. And I actually had a had a Sharpie marker, and I would like, okay, here's where I'm at this next two weeks. And then I would drop it down to like a little bit more, you know, a little bit more, like two weeks. It took me like a year to get off of it. And then I haven't taken it. I've been off of it for a year. And um, basically, it's amazing how long it's taken me to acclimate back to a normal, like, energy level and understanding. It's, it's really jacked up. But if any of you guys are listening to this, Talk to your doctor about maybe how to get off of it or other types of things. I think that shit is so bad for you. Um, I think that anything, any kind of, any of those psychological drugs that you're taking every day, I think that shit is so bad for you. Um, and I think that there's a lot of free ways that you can um, help take care of yourself. But the free is not in benefit of the, the business owners. The, 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 the pharmaceutical industry, they're in it to make money. They don't care about your health. They want you to be a lifetime subscriber. You know, forever. They want you to be on these pills and more pills and more pills. Of course, right? So it's time that we and it's time that we um, literally, you can start with meditating with your bare feet on the ground. It's called grounding. You put your soul to the ground. Where our bodies are like a battery, okay? You have a positive and negative, okay? And you have a neutral. You have a ground. It's like your house. You have a positive and negative wire and you have a ground wire that goes where? To the ground, okay? It grounds you. You talk about grounding yourself. You can go, put, and it's just a simple practice. You don't need any kind of deep understanding or ooh-la-la type of shit. I mean, just literally put your damn bare, bare feet on the ground for 10 minutes every day. Just do that. And just try to not think about anything. And it's going to be impossible because our brains are naturally made to think. Like, that's what they do, right? It's going to be almost impossible. Not impossible because there's people who practice this for years and they eventually get really good. And it, it takes a lot of practice. But meditating completely changed my life. Like, if you meditate the first 10 minutes, I'm a lot more cognitive. I'm a lot more, I have access to more of my vocabulary. I have just more brain power overall, and I can think clearer, more clearly, right? So when you do the practice of allowing your bare feet, and the reason, you don't want the rubber in between your feet and the ground, right? Because what does rubber do? What do electricians wear when they're working on energy and electricity? They use rubber, right? They, yeah. Well, of energy, right? That's what rubber does. But your bare feet are meant to connect to the ground because you want to release. That's what the ground wire for your house is for. When things get overloaded, it goes to the ground. It gets to the ground and goes out. That's what the earth is for, the earth, earth, heart. It's it's the center point. So you want to go and you want to release those negative energies. And you, again, you don't have to have any kind of deep understanding of it. Just literally do this for 10 minutes every day. 
do it for two weeks, a week, and then see how you feel. Wow. <laughs> that, that is that is very well put when you just lay everything out. Um, yeah, I, I find myself um, in a little bit of a rut all the time because even if something's not wrong, I tend to get on myself often. And even if, like, there's no problem, I put a lot of, like, maybe by nature, put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, and I don't know if maybe social media, Twitter, whatever, like enhances that just, and like you said earlier, it was a great point about you want to live like that fun life. But then once you get into that fun life, you start to really see like, uh, maybe this isn't what I really wanted to be a part of. And I think like, at least a little bit in my case, obviously very different situations. You obviously being on TV, just like me putting myself even in the public more more public eye that I am now like I feel like I'm raising my standards and like trying to kind of reach and reach and reach and I feel like if I don't get to where I feel like I should be or I want to be like I get down on myself a lot and I feel like I cause like more stress and every anxiety to myself than maybe is being let on I don't I don't even know how to really put it it's just like kind of hard to describe really but I oftentimes tr tr try to find ways to kind of decompress and um maybe take my mind off certain things I guess mm -hmm. that's good that's good that you take that time because I, I, I do think the social media does put these different kinds of we're, we're just not really meant to constantly compare ourselves and that's what our brains do right I mean what's really fascinating about um Ralph Waldo Emerson and his whole, his whole transcendentalism movement back in the day, which is something that really inspired me when I was like, you know, 16, when we had to do like this, this thing in English class and I read about his book and it really stuck with me forever, which was you can go out into the woods, be by yourself and you have no one to compare yourself to. You're not rich. You're not poor. You're not ugly. You're not pretty. You're, you are just you and you have no one to compare yourself to. And at that moment, you, you can be happy. You can be, but we do need other people. We, we live in a society. Like, we're not, like, all, like, doing our own thing over here. So, again, it has to be that balance, right, that, that balancing. And what's so great about grounding is you're putting both feet on the ground. You have all three things going at once. You have positive, negative, and neutral. You're going to release some of that extra, extra pent-up energy that you have and some of that clout and confusion um, because you do need your social media, right? And you do want to put yourself out there. You do need all these things. You can't just be like, oh, I'm nomadic. I'm just going to be like, screw all this. Bye. Like, better learn how to fish and hunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, all these things. So it's like we, we want to live in this uh, sophisticated life where we have all these other people. It just takes a tremendous amount of a balancing act for us. And I think that um, what you're, to your point where you're talking about being um, – compared or like putting yourself on these high standards. I really think that everyone is where they're at, where they need to be at this moment in time. Like everyone is really where they're at, where they need to be at this time. And of course, couldn't we all be better? Like, yeah, sure. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're all trying to do here is we're all just trying to get better and be better and be happier. Or some people just want to be happy. They don't even want to be better. They just want to be happy. Um, and now we go into the whole philosophy of what is life and all this other things. And that, that could be like a whole two hour thing. So we won't go into that, but basically um, 
yeah, I mean, everyone is where they need to be in their life. Uh, and sometimes prayer and meditation, which is kind of, they're honestly the same thing. Like in my opinion, like when you, when you, when you meditate, you're also praying. You're also just saying, you know what? You're surrendering is what you're doing. You're saying, God, just tell me what, just guide me, you know, let me be with you and you be with me and let's just do this together. And so you're just like, you just kind of surrender. Thoughts will come and then you just kind of push them out and you're like, yeah, that's great. But I'm not going to, not going to place an opinion on that thought. I'm not going to place a judgment. I'm just going to say, okay, the thought is what it is and then it'll just go. Okay. And maybe have a notepad there and that way maybe you can write some stuff down because that is like, really, you don't want your brain to be nothing. You want your brain to be doing something. It's there for a reason, right? Like, so the thoughts that come to you during those moments are sometimes really profound. Mm-hmm. When you have less noise. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me today. I had a fun chat um, talking about, like, seems like we covered a lot of topics. So, um, yeah, I had a ton of fun doing this, and I uh, hope you did as well. Yeah, me too. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'll uh, link this to you when it's up and all that. And uh, if you have anything you want me to throw in the description as well, please let me know. I'll put your uh, haunted uh, video in the description and um, anything else, just let me know. But yeah, I'll let you know when this is up. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye.